This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's Friday, it's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app as we get you ready for another weekend chock-filled with football and all of the betting picks that you can handle. I have so many winners that I don't know what to do with them. (laughs) We got two six-packs and a shot on the way, a double green on green for your Friday. End of every hour. The only thing I am sure of is that it will be better than last week. All right. We better hope so. Uh, Uh, Well, it could be much worse. (laughs) Uh, It is ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. This hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Ingalls. Low prices and love the savings. All right, Jeremy. What's your favorite storyline going into the weekend? Uh, my favorite one is this weird narrative of people thinking that Notre Dame is going to beat Clemson. Yeah. Which is just out of the, I, I, it left me speechless. <laughs> I am very rarely at a loss for words. And I am with that. Well, Notre Dame's a top four team in the country. They, they got a really good defense. To. They're not supposed to be. And people that are really voting their conscience are, they're not for stop that. I mean, really, you tell me right now they played Georgia. You don't have Georgia by 15? Seven, at least. Uh, about Florida. They play Florida. That'd be 15. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I could keep doing this. I'd right. get I'd get pretty deep before you went, I, I don't know. That's close. Right. Texas A&M, maybe? I'd no, Texas, Texas A&M, A&M them. would beat them yeah, as well. How far do you have to go down that list? To me? Yeah. Uh, Coastal Carolina's 15. I think that's where I, that's my line of demarcation. Okay. I'm going to have to take a quick look at this. Uh, Oklahoma State's 14 for what it's worth. Wisconsin? Yeah. You take, you take Wisconsin over Notre Dame. Well, I mean, not their current Corona team. I don't know that I would take them because no, I don't but, know who plays quarterback. But the but team that opened strength, up the season. Yeah. I'd take Wisconsin. Okay. And I don't even believe in Wisconsin that much. I would take Oregon. Who I don't believe in at all. Indiana? Yeah, probably. Come on. Yeah, probably. I think you're... Yeah, yeah probably. I don't know about that. Yeah, probably. No, I think the line of demarcation for me would be 12. Oregon. I mean, that's still a long way down. Oh, yeah. No no doubt. No doubt. But I think, you know, once you get into the Indiana, Oklahoma State, Coastal Carolina, Marshall, Iowa State, that area. Yeah, then it becomes more competitive. I would have favorites all above them. Yeah, but you got the backup quarterback, DJ Uyunglele. I just don't think that's that big of a drop-off. It's, I mean, it is, it, it is a drop-off, but it's not a huge drop-off where Clemson is just completely rudderless without their Heisman Trophy favorite uh, quarterback. Of course, he's not the Heisman Trophy favorite anymore. Nope. After missing two games. But there's no one that can... You you can't look at these two teams and go, 
missing Trevor Lawrence is not going to have an impact. I'm not saying it's not going to have an impact. I just don't think there's that huge of a difference between the two quarterbacks in a mm-hmm. college setting. Mm-hmm. I, I Notre Dame Clemson. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'll give you everything you want to know at the end of the four o'clock hour. Uh, I hadn't heard this before, but apparently there is there is some thought out there that maybe Drew Brees is not going to play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I've, on Sunday I've heard night. This. And so Jameis Winston might be starting against his former team as Tampa Bay takes on New Orleans on Sunday night. No. Oh, Jameis Winston against Tampa Bay? No. Revenge game narrative? No. All the way. Let's do this. (laughs) Yes. I want this to happen. You want it to happen. You want to see Jameis Winston versus Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be a, a hoot and a half. Yeah, I like my side of that uh, even better. As well, you if should. If that's Jameis Winston. As well, you should. Instead of Drew Brees. Here's the thing. Jeez. Even if it's Jameis Winston, still the most interesting game of the week by a mile. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I've been trying to give Jeremy like little hope for for some competitive games throughout the week, but even competitive games don't soothe you. No, no, like because I don't want to watch teams, bad football. Right. Like if they're two bad teams, then I'm not watching it. Let's, let's every be game really has intrigue here. if it's close. No, in my opinion, that's not even kind of true. Jaguars Texans going to be close. Are you intrigued? Uh, are you, can you not wait for that one? I mean, I'm going to be excited to see if Jake Luton is actually a thing he's for the a, Jacksonville Jaguars. Let me save you three hours of your life. Jake Luton's a thing. Okay. And he's real good at football. There you go. Intrigue soothed. You're not ready to see it, though? No, don't care. Okay. Let's be really honest. There's about a third of the league that is borderline unwatchable. Okay. The New York Jets are unwatchable. Right. The New York Giants are unwatchable. Right. Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Houston Texans. Yeah. Atlanta Falcons. No. They're unwatchable. They can't defend anything. They're not unwatchable. Their offense is still good. They're unwatchable. They've given up 224 points this year. Like, they're terrible. (laughs) Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that's bad. New England Patriots. That's bad. Minnesota Vikings. Washington football team. Hey, did you not enjoy watching uh, watching the Green Bay game this past week? No, I didn't. I, I don't really enjoy watching. Hey, we have one player, and for some reason, they cannot stop him. Hey, I wonder what this play call is. Bet it's a handoff to Dalvin Cook. Yep. I mean, it's no. It's a third of this league is unwatchable. And I'll be honest with you: three weeks from now, it's gonna be half the league. Mm-hmm. And yet, we're we're still opining. Oh, we've got to have sixteen teams in the playoffs because we're gonna miss weeks. And what happens if it's not fair to everybody that if they get the coronavirus that they can't make the playoffs? And that's just not fair. I don't care. <laughs> You can tell me the playoffs are four teams. I'm fine with it. Right. That's fine. I literally, right now, you tell me where I'm wrong. You tell me right now I get Pittsburgh Steelers, Kansas City Chiefs in the NFC or in the AFC title game. Uh-huh. I get Seattle Seahawks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC title game. Mm-hmm. Who are you missing out on? Who are you saying, oh, I can't believe we didn't get to see them finish the season? Green Bay? Oh, you mean that team that got run all over by the Green Bay Packers? Yeah. Or by the uh, Minnesota Vikings? Yeah. Sorry, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Baltimore Ravens. Don't care. Learn to pass. Find a quarterback that can throw the ball. I will care way more. 
I don't want to watch you run the Veer in 2020. Sorry, I don't. Yeah. Okay. There I mean, you go. I mean, and, and I love the NFL. And yes, there's. I will give you your point of there is intrigue in every game. Yes, there is. But that doesn't mean I want to watch it. But you're gonna. There's intrigue in in Grey's Anatomy. Doesn't mean I want to watch it. Hey, yeah, it, it was, it's, a, it's actually not that bad. Once you give it a chance. Oh, that's the second time you say it to me today. <laughs> well, you keep using that as the because analogy. here's the thing: if you put it on my television, I'm going to break my television to get it to go away. <laughs> and that's how I feel about the vast majority of the schedule this week. The second best game on the schedule is what? And I don't even think it's debatable. The second best. The game second on the best schedule. game on this slate is what? Bruh. Um. I don't know. It's Seahawks, Seahawks Bills. Bills. There you go. It's Seahawks Bills is not close. Let's be really honest. I'm still intrigued by the Chargers and the Raiders, but you're intrigued by a two-win team that can't close a game to save their lives. Mm-hmm. Because I'm waiting for them to turn it around. I'm waiting for Justin Herbert and and company to start closing that's, out some games. And that's going to happen about seven minutes after they fire Anthony Lynn. Have they done that yet? No. Oh, then I still don't care. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. The, the two here is Seahawks-Bills. If right. you told me Seattle won that game by 40, I'm not stunned. Mm-hmm. I'm not. If you told me the Bills won it by 20, I'm not stunned. That Seahawks defense is bad. By the way, the narrative of that defense is better is the most laughably stupid thing I've ever heard. It was better last week It was week better than against was. the San Francisco 49ers team that I think was pulling people out of the crowd. Yes. I think they were playing security people by the end of it because they were out of players. But now you get Jamal Adams back. Don't care. You get That's Carlos a safety. Dunlap. I don't care. That's a washed up defensive end. I don't care. <laughs> you care. I think about, you fun. care more about Carlos Dunlop than any person in the history of his family He's doesn't care that he plays for the Seattle Seahawks more than you do. He's better than what they had. Is he though? Yeah. Is he really? Mm-hmm. I mean, but is he though? Yeah. I don't think I, I disagree. Who with was you. who? Who did they have before? Who did, whose spot did he take? Uh, currently, no one's because somehow I'm the only person in any form of mainstream media that realizes he didn't play a snap last week. Mm-hmm. Who did he replace? L.J. Collier, who was a second round pick for them a year ago mm-hmm. out of TCU. Mm-hmm. There you go. I I mean, really? Yeah, like that's where you're at. That's your intrigue. We got we have Carlos Dunlap now even, instead of L.J. Collier, and that's going to make me want to watch this game. No, what should make you want to watch this game is D.K. Metcalf. Can D.K. Metcalf, question? Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett. That's what you should watch every Seattle Seahawks game for. Can I, can I ask you a question? Do you know how many sacks Carlos Dunlop has in the last 18 months of his life? Uh, Six. Oh, wait a minute. I read that wrong. Oh, uh, no, it's not as... This stat's not nearly as fun as I thought it was. Oh, okay. Because he had nine last year. Yeah. I didn't think he had that many. For some reason, I was, I, I've was i already mentally moved on to 2021. Right. Since, you know, we've already done the election. We've already done all these things. Right. I'm ready to move on. Anybody that watches our morning show, I told you I wasn't going to consume anything between the shows that didn't have caffeine in them. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Nice. Kept my promise. Good job. I am wired for sound. Well, you're going to have to bring it in uh, In about the next uh, 10 minutes. We're oh, going to have uh, Asheville, Police Chief, uh, Asheville Police Chief David Zach in here with us for uh, the Beat the Chief segment. Last week, he came in. You guys pick against the spread the entire slate of the NFL. You differed on three games. He's beating you two to one. 
So you got to bring it. Oh, I'm. Oh, I'm. It, it is. It has done been brought. To me. <laughs> oh, it, it, oh, I'm. I am ready. The Jet versus the Buffalo Bill. And this is going to go different than the first three meetings of the Jet and the Buffalo Bill this year. He's staring at me through the window right now. It's kind of making me uneasy. Um, but he'll be in with us here at about ten minutes. Uh, you know, I, I do look. I'm I'm that guy. You make fun of me all the time because I'm the I'm the bright, sunny, rosy colored guy. Like I'm looking for the bright rose colored glasses. Yeah, was whatever. Your to say. You know, I, I I look at everything in a positive light. Uh-huh. You're going to give me two crappy teams? I'm going to look for the, the silver lining in this matchup because here's the thing. Every Sunday, we sit down at the social in East Asheville, and we have every game on all of the televisions. Mm-hmm. And I need something to root for in every game. Uh-huh. And you know what my path is? Uh, I find the good games, and I watch those. And then I go back and watch the All-22 on the bad games because I can fast-forward to the things that don't matter. Right. Because, see, I get a game script that says, oh, this was a two-yard run. Okay, then I probably don't care. <laughs> Which means when that frame pops up, I just skip it. Mm-hmm. So I can watch a whole game in, oh, I don't know, 10 minutes? Right. Last night, it turned out as we expected. The Green Bay Packers came out and destroyed the San Francisco 49ers. They scored 10 minutes in the last six minutes of the game. Uh, did the San Francisco 49ers. Or, they scored me, 14 points. I have that stuck you, in my head. I, I swear, this is like Good remedial Lord. math I know, at best. I'm sorry. They scored two touchdowns, which is how many points? Which is 14 points. There we go. Yes. I just needed to hear I'm you sorry. say that. I'm sorry. I, you know, we do this for a think... living, and for some reason, you've really been struggling with how many points two touchdowns is. So, it's, some reason, I keep thinking the field goal was later. No, the field goal came first. Um, they were down 34-3 to three with six minutes to go. And then San Francisco scored two touchdowns to screw up every bet Jeremy yeah, had. Yeah, and then the great gazoo, uh, Kyle <laughs> Shanahan, decided that, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start burning timeouts down mm-hmm. 106. Because mm-hmm. that makes sense. I already have no players. I'm playing a backup quarterback that borderline doesn't belong in the NFL. Right. The commentators have been talking about me taking him out for 10-game minutes because he's been that bad. But we're, we're pushing onward. We're, we're going to score this meaningless touchdown that's got to do nothing but mess up people like me. It's going to give us a little confidence going into next week. That's uh, <laughs> the coach speak. Oh, does it give you confidence? Do you feel better about Nick Mullins now? Maybe, maybe Nick feels better. I don't know. Oh, uh, oh, oh, that's what this is about. We had to make him feel better <laughs> about himself. We had to just show him that he could do it. You know what and the best way for Nick Mullins to feel better about himself is? Uh, uh, not to go 22 of 35, not to have a QBR of 15, th- these 15. are 15. Oh my God. Yeah. 15. Would you like to take a guess what Aaron Rodgers QBR was last night? Oh, was it like 85? You're too low. 96. You're still too low. 104. It can only go to a hundred. A <laughs> hundred's the max. Oh, that's right. I'm thinking passer rating. Yeah. You're thinking quarterback rating. Yeah. 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 Uh, QBR was 98.2. 98.8. Oh, so close. He would have barely had a fever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little higher than 98.6. Right. He would have been, Aaron refu- Rodgers he would have been like, refused service at any restaurant. Aaron Rodgers looked like he was playing at a different speed than everybody else on the field last night. Now, I want you to understand, do you know how many receivers caught passes for him last night? Four. Three. Darius Shepard had one for three yards. Marquez Valdez-Scantling had two for 53 that just both happened to be touchdowns, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of them was a 
four yarder. There he hit him down the seam on one that I swear to you looked like a center fielder catching it. It looked like the Brewer center fielder catching a deep fly ball. Other than that, it was Devontae Adams who had 10 catches for 173 yards and a touchdown. And there were times he's going, I mean, he's wide open. Mm-hmm. There's nobody there. If you're building a defense against the Green Bay Packers, there's one guy you can't lose. Just one. Nobody else. Because Valdez Cantley might just drop it. Oh, yeah. He did that a couple of Twice. times last yeah. night. Yeah. He had four targets. He had two drops mm-hmm. and two catches. Oh, yeah. Devontae Adams, yeah, he didn't drop things very often. You might want to cover him. But there you were times they just free release. Oh, there it goes. Bye. There, there goes Devontae. I hope that safety could get him. <laughs> His heads up back there. Did, did, how much of this game did you watch? I watched quite a bit of it. I didn't watch the final six minutes where they scored their 14 points. See, and, and that right there, <laughs> that in a nutshell is the difference between me and you. Because you watched all of the things that I did not care about. Which is basically the second quarter to five minutes left in the game. Right. Because none of that matters. I already knew. I knew in the first quarter. I knew exactly how this was, was going to go. It was 7-3 at the end of the first quarter. Mm-hmm. I told my wife, this will be a four-touchdown game in very short order. And it was. So you watched all of those things. All I cared about, did you cover? <laughs> did you cover the spread? Did we go over or under? You got that gambler's eye. And with five minutes to go when they scored at first, the first of the two touchdowns, I went, I already know how this is going to go. I, I know what's going to happen. I'm looking at the clock. I'm seeing the path to the loss. Yep. I feel like, who's that guy that they keep talking about on um, um, Twitter? The, the political guy that hasn't apparently slept in like four days? It's somebody that keeps doing the path to the win. And, and, oh, I don't know. Yeah, is it Nate guy. Silver? No, I don't know who it is. I, I don't even know what network he's on, but apparently he hadn't slept in like four days. Okay. I, I was doing his job of going, uh-oh. I, I see what's going to happen that's going to ultimately lead to me being wrong. Mm-hmm. And then it did. With four seconds left in the game, <laughs> which I'm still not over. I'm still not over. I don't want to talk about it. It's... <laughs> I'm not okay. I will be okay tomorrow when all of my winners pay off. There you go. Uh, We got green on green coming your way at the end of the hour. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Asheville Police Chief David Zach will be in with us. It's Beat the Chief, Jeremy versus Zach. You're in the sports tank. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. All right, it's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. We have the chief in the room. I know it's I know, I know it's hot, and I apologize. We already made him take off his jacket because it's just not... It's not helping anybody. Yeah, for whatever reason, they keep our studio at a at, at a nice temperature. If you're trying to fry an egg, <laughs> right? It's like the seventh. It's it is balmy. It's what, like what, the seventh level of hell in here. Yeah, for whatever reason, they take the two fattest people that work here and put them in the hottest studio in the whole building. All right, it is time for beat the chief. Jeremy versus Asheville Police Chief David Zach. Welcome in with us once again. Hey, guys. Good to see you. All right. Uh, you ready for this slate of games? You won last week. You're up 2-1. to one. We, we didn't do too well, though, overall, did we? Uh, it, 
it wasn't it was particularly good, good. Yeah, it wasn't a good week. Yeah. yeah, against the spread last week, I was five seven and one. You were six six and one. Uh, good job, good, good job, guys. We can we can <laughs> we can do better than this. I feel very sure of it. <laughs> All right, let's start out with the uh, the first game on the uh, on the list here. Seattle and Buffalo. The Seahawks are a three-point favorite at the Buffalo Bills. I feel like I should take this one first since he's a Bills fan. All right. I'm taking Seattle minus three. The Bills just haven't looked good. I actually think this game's going to be close. I think these two teams are closer than most people do. But you give me Russell Wilson, I don't know how in the world they're going to slow down D.K. Metcalf. And if they put Tredavious White on D.K., then I don't know how they're going to stop Tyler Lockett. Give me the Seahawks minus three. All excellent points. However, uh, I mean, the homer in me wants to take the Bills, but actually last week Buffalo uh, got their run game back. Uh, Feliciano uh, was activated, played his first game. Moss and Singletary both ran well, and maybe if they can keep the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands, it might be a closer game. So I am going to take Buffalo with the three. Ah, okay. So we have our first split of the day. We're one pick in, and we already have dissension. I like it. The more dissension that we can get in all of this, the better. Um, Last week, you guys agreed a little too much, and it made me feel uneasy, and you guys saw what happened. Uh, (laughs) You both were, were wrong. Uh, several times. So, we need more dissension. Now, the Atlanta Falcons are a four-point favorite at home against the Denver Broncos. Do you think that Drew Locke and company can get it done on the road in Atlanta? Chief Zach. Matt Ryan is driving me absolutely crazy on my fantasy leagues. I, I don't know if I've ever had a team that I won with Matt Ryan on it. However, um, and he's killing me this year, but uh, I will go with the Falcons. Falcons to cover the four. We're two for two in dissension because yeah. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos plus the four. I it, there are very few teams that I'm going to choose the Falcons if I'm having to give points. I'm not saying they can't win this game. I just don't like the fact that I'm giving four points. Mm-hmm. They haven't been good against the spread. They haven't been particularly good. I mean, they've been reasonably good as a favorite. I still believe more in Denver than everybody else does. I like Drew Locke, I like Jerry Judy, and I don't have the foggiest of a clue how the Atlanta Falcons are going to stop Noah Fant. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are going to find a way to lose this game. That's, I, that's what they do best. The, them and the Chargers, they really like to, to find creative ways to lose. Uh, I saw one prediction that I think I like. Um, it's going to be 24-3 to going into the fourth quarter, and the uh, Denver Broncos are going to score 22 points in the fourth quarter to win that game. This could happen. This could, we have seen this happen. Exactly. We have seen this happen. End up winning that game by by one. All right, so we've got uh, we're two for two, both on either side. Tennessee Titans, a six and a half point favorite at home against the Chicago Bears. Nick Foles is going to play. There's a lot of talk about Darnell Mooney being a fantasy standout this week. I like Darnell Mooney a lot. I, I think he's a really talented player. The problem is he doesn't have a quarterback that can hit him. But. I'm still taking Chicago plus six and a half. Okay. I don't think Tennessee's that good, and I think these two teams are the same team. They're the same team with one great big difference. Okay. What's the that? Bears' defense is better. I think they run equally poorly. Tennessee just runs way more often. 
you think Tennessee runs poorly? I can prove to you that they do. Okay, please do that. What is he? Are you going to go yards per carry? Uh, well, I mean, what did you think I was going to do? <laughs> what, what what stat did you think I was going to bring to you? That you... <laughs> Derrick Henry only has 3.9 yards per carry. Yeah. That, I mean, if you already knew the stat, why'd you ask me for it? <laughs> It's because of the fact that he still ends up with a hundred yards or more pretty much every game, and you know as the season goes on, he gets better and better. Like his, like that's his actually a myth. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that happened. You know how many years that's ever happened? Uh, one it was the just last so year. happened to be last year. Well, okay, he did get better down the stretch last year. Could happen again. See me to to me. Yes, the defense is a big difference. Here's Chicago's a, defense is definitely better, but uh, but the quarterbacks are really the difference for me in this one because I trust Ryan Tannehill a whole lot more than Nick Foles. Do you know that Derrick Henry has 15 more carries than any running back in the NFL? Do you know why that's funny? Because he missed a game? Because he's played one less game than about half of them. If you take out big, long runs, because he's got one 94-yard run, you take that out, he averages 3.8 yards a carry. All right, Jeremy's on uh, Chicago plus the 6.5 against the Tennessee Titans. What do you think, Chief? I like the Titans outright, but 6.5 is too much. I Yeah, i got to go with Chicago as well. I okay. don't. The line on that was just too, too large. All right, Minnesota is given four to Detroit. Chief Zach, what do you think? Last week, it was Dalvin Cook scoring every touchdown for the Minnesota Vikings. You got Detroit with no Kenny Galladay. And we were all over Detroit last week, if I remember. Mm-hmm. We, we both liked Detroit last week. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. And, and we both did not like Minnesota for obvious <laughs> mm-hmm. reasons. Um, but no, I'll, I will go with the Vikings. Okay. Vikings to cover the four. I think, I think Kenny Galladay missing is going to be a big deal. It will be, simply because they're going to be one-dimensional. Um, I seriously considered taking Detroit here. If I knew Matt Stafford was going to play, I would feel way better about it. And I think it's trending that direction. I think they're pretty sure he's going to play. Yeah, yeah. It's Rona things. I don't chalk <laughs> any of that up until I know it definitively. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Chief Jack, Chief Zach. Minnesota minus four. Minnesota to cover the four. There you go. They're making that playoff push. Oh, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Baltimore Ravens, for some reason, on the road at Indianapolis, they are only a a one-and-a-half point favorite. That seems odd to me. I don't think there is a snowball's chance in Atlanta that we're going to disagree on this one. I'm taking the Ravens, and I'm taking it comfortably. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't understand that line at all. I don't either. I had to look twice at that. I said, that that can't be right. I'll be honest with you. It started at minus three, and I thought, well, that's dumb, mm-hmm. and that's going to get bet up over the course of the week. Then I checked back on it yesterday and went, well, that's not how I thought that was going to go at all. <laughs> that's actually my, fa- that's my favorite favorite of the week. Your favorite favorite of it's the week. My favorite is favorite of the week. Okay, I could see that. Uh, Indianapolis not good against the spread either. No, uh, they're not. They're they're like zero and three, I believe, at home this year. Yep. And uh, Baltimore is three and zero on the road against the spread. Uh, Kansas City gives ten and a half to our Carolina Panthers. Kansas City, it's it's tough to, at this point. It's tough. I mean, you, you really just, want just to. you gotta you gotta just keep riding Kansas City until they right, lose. I think right. The Carolina boy in me really wants to to give Panther fans something to yearn for, but you're going against Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's not going to happen. 
I, I've tried my best to find a reason to not lay the ten and a half here. I, as of this point, have not found a reason. Kansas City minus ten and a half. Yeah. Carolina can't tackle. When you have guys like Tyreek Hill and Mikel Hardman and Sammy Watkins and even Byron Pringle, and you can't tackle, that's not going to go well. Christian McCaffrey will play this weekend. It looks like uh, he is he is being cleared from IR, but that's not enough. That's not enough against the Kansas City Chiefs. I do like the over in this game, though, a lot. What is it? 52 and a half. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I don't think either of these teams are going to do a great job of stopping the other one. Because you know what beats Kansas City? Speed. And Carolina has a ton of it. Houston Texans minus seven at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Old Jeremy's he's real hot on old Jake Luton filling in for Gardner Minshew after uh what was his deal? Well, Minshew's hands are messed up. Yeah, he, he he hurt his hands. Got somehow. him caught in a meat grinder. Or hey, he like. was running it through his hair and got it stuck in one of his parades. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he punched the beer cooler. This is Jeremy's pick. So, right, oh, Jeremy. I have to. Go, yeah, I'm yeah, taking yeah. Jacksonville plus seven. I think this is stupid. This is the dumb. Li- this is the dumb dumb line of the week. Okay. I said we, so. We do a draft podcast every year leading up to the draft. I write for a bunch of draft websites, all those good things. Jake Luton was my fourth-rated quarterback in this draft class. He was the guy that I told you would be a starter at some point in the NFL, and no one will know who he is but me. I didn't think it was going to happen this year, but I actually don't think this team's any worse with Jake Luton than they are with Gardner Minshew. I think DJ Chark's better with Jake Luton than he is with Gardner Minshew. Really? I do. Okay. So I will take Jacksonville plus the seven. All right. Chief, what do you think? Houston covering the seven against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville? It's a seven. I, yeah, it's a seven I don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, I as much as I want to go the other way on that, I don't think I can. I, I think I got to go with with Jacksonville in the seven as well. Houston shouldn't be laying seven points to anybody. Yeah, that's yeah, that, that's where I'm at with it too. <laughs> the Jets, that's where I'm maybe. at with it. Too. The Jets, maybe. Mm, no, really, no. The Cowboys. You could tell me that Houston was playing in Jacksonville this weekend in the college game, and I still don't necessarily think they should be playing oh, seven. Come on. Yeah, I made that up. But yeah, it sounded funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson. It's just a yeah, it's mess. That would it's be a mess. lot of fun on Madden, except for the fact that you have to throw into tight windows, and not one of those guys is above like five seven. Right. Uh, the Washington Football Team hosting the New York Giants. Washington football team is given two and a half points to the Giants. I'm really glad I don't have to pick this game. Yeah, first. this is this was this is like that Denver game from last week. You didn't know which way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week the Jet the Giants the, were the one the that was the that was the tiebreaker between the two of you. Yeah, and you guys looked at me funny when I picked that pick. Well, of that course Giant you did. Game. They're playing Tampa Bay on Monday night. There was no chance that game was not going to be a thirty-point blowout. And they almost won that outright. Well, yeah, they controlled it. If it wasn't for the officials, they would have. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh. I'll take the Giants again in the points. All right. I'm so glad you did that. <laughs> I'm going to take Washington minus two and a half. Okay. I think the pass rushes. Daniel Jones makes very bad decisions when he's rushed. If you give him time, he's athletic enough to get out in space and he can do things. The problem is when you pat, when you rush him and he the, the, the clock in his head is like broken. And he doesn't understand how long he should be sitting in the pocket when the ball's supposed to come out. Washington's one of the best pass rushes in the league. They're not good at anything else, but they can do that. 
I also think a way to attack Washington or uh, the Giants' defense. Their linebackers are really slow outside of Blake Martinez. What's my favorite piece of the Washington football team's offense? Antonio Gibson. That's right. I think he has a very large game this week. I will take Washington minus two and a half. All right. We have a pick between the L.A. Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. The game that I've been trying to convince you is worth watching on Sunday. If this game locked itself on my television, I would give my television away. I don't have any interest in this game whatsoever. Why? The Raiders are a team that you have you have waffled on. You had you you don't know if you believe in them or not. I have a waffle on the Raiders. You think they're a good team, mm-hmm. but you're not convinced. I'm that, not convinced they're a. With eight teams in the playoffs, they're a playoff team. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that they can do anything in the playoffs. They I think they're the very. Round. I think they're very brownie, but I think they're good. I think they're better than the Chargers, who can't close a game to save their lives. And you tell me there's no points on this? Yeah, give me the Vegas Raiders. All right, Vegas Raiders outright. What's your pick? Yeah, I've been bullish on the Raiders all year. Okay. All year, I like I like the Raiders. All right, so everybody's going with the Raiders in the pick'em game against the L.A. Chargers. I, I don't think you can really look at the Chargers and honestly believe that they're going to start winning games now. The thing that blows my mind about that game is somehow the over-under has come down. It started at 53 and a half. Now it's down to 51 and a half, mm-hmm. which is insane to me. Because those two could hit 51 and a half by halftime. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I go ahead and pencil you both in for Pittsburgh covering the 14 against the Dallas Cowboys? I like Pittsburgh. I'm going to go out go. on a limb and say I All like right. Pittsburgh on this Yeah, one. this is a spicy hot sports take. Uh, I, I've heard people say, oh, you should be on the Dallas side of this. I can't wrap my brain around Why? That. I don't know. And I'll be honest with you, because I think people like me that are quote unquote, you know, gambling analysts or anything like that, mm-hmm. we want to be on the right side. And and the way that you bet the NFL for the better part of the last twenty years is you never give points like this mm-hmm. because at any given day, you have to understand they don't care about what the point spread is. So the thought is that they're going to be a backdoor cover. You know, Pittsburgh's up twenty four, and then they do exactly what the Forty ers did last night, allow them to score two touchdowns. They don't care if they win by ten or by forty. They don't care. That's the thought process. What I don't think people are taking enough into account is how prolific offenses are, how many points are being scored, how much easier it is right now to cover lines like this. I'm taking Pittsburgh minus the 14 and a half. I think, uh, I think Ben Roethlisberger is going to have a big day. I think he gets back on track. Juju Smith-Schuster is who I really like this week. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to use this week to try to get him back on track because he hasn't been real good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could argue he's been the third best receiver on his own team. Right. Meanwhile, Dallas is throwing out their uh, Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush. I don't think the, the call has been made on which one. Uh, does it matter? Does it matter? Th- no, yeah, it, doesn't it doesn't matter. matter at all. I'm I'm benching Ezekiel Elliott in every fantasy football league I'm in this week. Everywhere that I have him, I, I'm just straight out benching him. Uh, I don't care. I'm sick and tired of playing him and seeing six points, and now you're telling me he's going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense and he's going to do a little bit better? I don't think so. Uh, Here's the thing. Uh, Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert have to do the exact same thing that a table can do, which is hold a football and let Ezekiel Elliott grab it from them and run with it. Mm -hmm. Behind no offensive line. Yep. It's not going to go well. (laughs) Pittsburgh is, to me, the best team in the NFL. I don't think Dallas scores in this game. Uh, That's actually the over-under. I, because I do think Dallas scores. You do. Not a lot, but I think they do score. I think Pittsburgh scores a lot. And the over-under, I mean, it shows that. It's 42. I'll go barely over it. 
Barely over. Barely. So it's 43 to nothing. No, <laughs> I think it'll be something like 38 to 6 or 38 to 9. Okay. I can see Dallas scoring field goals. I, I don't see them. I, I don't see them getting in the end zone with Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert. All right. The Miami Dolphins uh, in one of the four o'clock games will be uh, taking on the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are given four and a half points. Kyler Murray against Tua Tungavailoa in his second start. Coming off of the uh, coming off the of the Rams game that nobody saw going that way. I'm going to like this game better on Sunday morning because the line's going to keep moving. It started at six and a half. It's all the way up to four and a half. I think you can probably get it inside of a field goal by by the time we get closer to kickoff. Arizona's my favorite dog of the week. Okay, they're not a dog. Arizona's no, a favorite. Arizona, yeah. Arizona's my favorite, small favorite of the week. Okay. I have a lot of sections on this cheat over here, and small favorite. What is that? Inside of a field goal. Field goal good. So home field advantage theoretically switches the point spread by three points. Mm-hmm. You get a three point bump for being at home. So those are called small favorites when you're inside of a field goal. It means it's based on where the game's being played. Gotcha. I don't. Th- I don't think it would matter where this game's being played. You can play this game on the moon, and I like Arizona. All right, Arizona to cover the four and a half. Chief, what say you? You guys see who I hang out with, right? Uh, I'm yeah. kind of surrounded by a few Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, a couple. Yeah, I took a lot of grief uh, <laughs> last week. Well, it was, uh, ra- was rather unpleasant. Some tough, tough conversations to have. Some tough conversations all week, I might add. All Wonderful. Week. And, Wonderful. Uh, I know I'm watch- being watched very closely this week as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in spite of all that. Um, no, I'm with you, Jeremy. i got to go with Arizona. There it is. There we go. See, and here's the thing. I've had to say this to Dolphins fans. I think this is the end of – you're going to have one week of, oh, yeah, he's a rookie. Because with Buda Baker and with Isaiah Simmons, they can keep this defense very multiple. It's going to be very difficult for Tua Tungavailoa to figure out what it is that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So one very easy way to mess with rookie quarterbacks is to confuse them. He's never going to have seen a defense that's as multiple as what Kingsbury's going to bring with that three three five on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now, at the same time, I'm on record as saying that the Bills and Dolphins are going to be playing for the division the last week of the season. So good news, bad news for the Dolphins. You lose this week, but I like you for the rest of the year. Okay. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints on um, on Sunday night football. By the way, before we move on, yes. uh, I bet the Arizona, I, I, I bought it down. That's why I had the number askewed. Oh, I was looking at one of my personal betting slips as opposed to what everybody else is getting. I got you. I got you. I had a little 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 teaser on that one. Yeah, again, both Jeremy and uh, Chief Zach on Arizona to cover the four and a half against the Miami Dolphins uh, in Arizona. Tampa Bay is at home against the New Orleans Saints, ready to avenge their season opening loss down in New Orleans to Drew Brees and company. Um, it's a four and a half point spread. Tampa's a four and a half point favorite. Chief, I don't think I, I am not a fan of Tampa this year. I mm-hmm. just I just am not. I think they've escaped on, on a few games. They've been quite lucky. Uh, I don't think they're as good as their record indicates. So I think I'm going to have to take Breeze and points there. Okay, Breeze getting the four and a half. I like a little dissension. I'm taking Tampa Bay minus four and a half. Yeah, I like it. I don't think it, it, I'm a little scared that Breeze is not going to play, and if he's not, 
I'm not sure that I don't like New Orleans better. With Jameis Winston. Yeah. Really? Uh, hey, well, wait a Michael Thomas is first game back. Did you just He I may not play. He's got a shoulder oh, okay. thing. Okay, I thought he's he was been just questionable. limited. Yeah, he's he's questionable. But what I'm hearing is that he's more. It's more truly questionable than the way they use questionable. Mm-hmm. Questionable is mm, if he doesn't regress, he's probably going to play. I'm, I'm hearing this is fifty fifty. I'll still go with it. I'll still go with it. I think I like them better with Jameis Winston. I think he'll be able to shoot out with Tom Brady better than better than Breeze can. Breeze's arm looks weak yeah and that's the thing that concerns me about this is that we've been saying since what the midpoint of last season that it looks like drew Brees' arm is about to fall off and now we're eight weeks into the season week nine rolls around and they're like oh well we may just play Jameis winston give him a week to rest wait a minute so you're trying to tell me in a tie-breaking game in the nfc south you don't want Drew Brees out there. That would be a huge, yeah, that's huge red flag. Yeah, if he could play, if he could play, he will play. Yes. If he doesn't play, it's because he's not physically healthy enough mm-hmm. to play. But you got Michael Thomas coming back for this game, supposedly. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders will be back as well. He's been removed from the COVID list, so they will have weapons. And of course, you can never count out Alvin Kamara. I he's like, been carrying that team, and Kamara's now that the weapons, Kamara's yeah, and now that the weapons are back, it is it is a tough game. But on the other hand, you got to, you got Tampa Bay, and they've got everybody back. Chris Godwin's back this week, and Antonio Brown comes to town. Yeah, nobody cares about Antonio Brown. I like the over fifty <laughs> yeah, and a half. No yeah, what. I don't think Brown's a factor. You don't think so? Not, think not this week. No. Not trying to factor in Chris Godwin and uh, all of the, and Fournette's first week is the real legitimate starter. And mm. yeah, I don't. I, I I I'm going under every projection I've heard on Antonio Brown. I'll go four catches, thirty two yards, and he might fall into the end zone. Mm-hmm. That's at best. I think a touchdown is the is is the floor. Well, you also think the secret. You also think the ceiling is the roof. I literally turned my own microphone off as I was doing that. Don't ask me why. I have no <laughs> idea. And then Monday Night Football this week, Jeremy's god-awful New York Jets go up against the god-awful New England Patriots. Man, it is an AFC East showdown. Yeah, this is going to be Monday Night Football at its finest. I want him to pick this one first. All right, okay. New, England, New England Patriots are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at the New York Jets. I'll take New England minus a seven and a half. I'll take the Jets plus yes. seven and a half. <laughs> yes, Jeremy, I actually do believe that this is uh, this is a danger game for you. This is a danger game for you and your team because I think you guys could win this game. I do too. These, so when I did my power rankings last week, the Jets were thirty-two, New England was thirty-one. Yeah, I think these are the two worst teams in the NFL. The only team that's even worth talking about in terms of how bad you are with these two is the Dallas Cowboys. All Other right. than that, it's not close. Uh-oh. Yeah, that, I don't think that dolphin pick went over well. Uh-oh. Uh, oh. Yeah, there's no smiley emojis Oh, no. I'm not, I'm not even opening the message. messages. I'm not even opening them. <laughs> yeah, don't do yeah. it. He's not getting the smileys. That's, Avoid that's it. not a good sign. Avoid it. Uh, all right, so we are uh, through the slate for week nine, and we have a difference of five games. Yes. All right, so uh, Seattle-Buffalo, Atlanta-Denver, Giants, Washington. Giants and Washington. Bucks, Tampa Saints. Ba- yep. Tampa Patriots, Bay, and New Jets. Orleans, and the Patriots and the this Jets. Will be interesting. This will All be right. Interesting. I like it. Asheville Police Chief David Zach joining us in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. Last week, it was the Chief coming out victorious, two to one in the differing games over Jeremy Green. 
They differ on five games this week, so either Jeremy's going to make up some ground or you're going to be swing, at a big, big hole. Swing this week. You're going to be swing at a big week. hole. <laughs> he likes his chances. We appreciate it. Asheville Police Chief David Zach for joining us once again uh, here on ESPN. Asheville will take a quick break. When we come back, it'll be time for Green on Green as Jeremy has a uh, six-pack. Green as Jeremy has a uh, six-pack and a shot. The first six-pack and a shot coming your way. Coffee's for closers only. Get him the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power... Then you get the Welcome back to the Sports Tank, ESPN Asheville, 92.9, 880, and 1400. I love this week's slate of games so much. I got six picks and a money line pick right here. Let's get directly into it. Tulane is a four-and-a-half-point favorite against ECU. Here's what you may not know about Tulane. They're 13th in the country in rushing. East Carolina's not a great rush defense. I like Tulane to win this game. ECU's not a good enough passing team to take advantage of what teams have taken advantage of with Tulane. They don't defend the pass well. I love Mike Houston, and I love this team. I love where it's headed, and they got completely hosed last week. But this week, I'm taking Tulane minus 4.5. Liberty is a 14.5-point dog against Virginia Tech. It's too many. Did you know this is two of the top ten rushing attacks in all of college football? Really? Do you remember what Carolina did to Virginia Tech running the ball? I do. Yeah, Virginia Tech's not really good rushing the ball. And Liberty has a sneaky good rush D. They're in the top about 30 in the the nation in rush defense. They've had over 100 more carries than any team around them. This run D is actually pretty good. Give me Liberty plus 14.5. I think they lose, but they're going to cover. UNC Charlotte is a four-point favorite against Middle Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee State's bad. They're bad at football. I get the better offense. I get the better defense. I get the better coach. Middle Tennessee State's the seventh worst team in the nation against the run. UNC Charlotte's not a prodigious running team, but they can run, and they have a quarterback that's willing to run. Give me the 49ers minus the four. I had to deep dive for this one. North Alabama is a 17.5-point dog to Southern Miss. There is not a team in the country that should be a 17.5-point dog to Southern Miss (laughs) who's on their third coach and is awful. Yep. Northern Alabama lost by 21 to a much better Liberty team, and they've had three weeks to prepare for this game. Give me North Alabama plus 17.5. Iowa is a a 6.5-point favorite against Michigan State. This is recency bias to the highest extreme. Michigan State beat their rival, the Wolverines, last week. People are overvaluing Michigan State. Kirk Ferentz knows what happens if you go 0-3. This is a veteran coach. This is one of the best coaches in the nation. And let's face it, Michigan State, they're just not that good. I understand Iowa's had quarterback problems. This is a new quarterback. I get it. I think they have better talent than the Spartans. Give me Iowa minus the six and a half. Clemson is a five and a half point favorite against Notre Dame. Stop it. Just stop it. I understand these are two of the top ten defenses in the country. Notre Dame's going to try to extend the game running the ball. It doesn't matter. They're going to get behind. It's going to fall on Ian Book. And if you're telling me that I get DJ Ugalele and you get Ian Book, I still like my side of this. I think he's the more talented quarterback. I get better talent around me. I like this Clemson team. They faced adversity last week against Boston College, which I don't think is a negative. They don't see a lot of adversity in Clemson. They've lost two regular season games in five years. Having a game that close, I think, will help this week. I think they beat the Fighting Irish comfortably. I'm going to say they win this game by about 14. My last pick in this segment The Florida Gators are a three-point dog to the Georgia Bulldogs. 
They shouldn't be. They should be the favorite in this game. There's no Richard LeConte, who is a, an All-American for Georgia. Julian Rochester, the second defensive tackle, is out for Georgia. You're going to have a limited Jordan Davis, who's going to be a day-two pick in the draft next year, and George Pickens will probably be limited. That tells me that Kyle Trask is going to be able to run the ball. This offense will be multiple, and they're going to be very difficult to stop. Give me the Florida Gators plus three outright against the Georgia Bulldogs. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. Uh, we got Sports Center coming all the way. Another hour left and another green on green at the end of the next hour. Stick with us. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. All right, it's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Greenhurt everywhere live or on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Ah, starting to cool down in here a little bit. We've got the door propped open. We got the we got to beat the chief out of the way. We I, I love that segment, by the way. <laughs> we do have a lot of fun hanging out with uh, Asheville Police Chief David Zach. Glad that he could take out his uh, you know take time out of his busy schedule to come in here and uh, have some fun with us. Oh, it's fantastic, and he's like the nicest guy in the world. He is. He's literally sat in the same getting, room with me and watched his team beat mine to death twice, and he's never been anything but nice about he's getting, it. He's, he's getting a little grief, though. Uh, he's going to have to start picking some Miami games. Here uh, it, is, it is looking that way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, We've got the second wave all across the NFL. Nope, we're not. Nope, not doing that today. This, not is, today? Football, this is Winner's Day. We, winner's Day. This is Winner's Day. It, we're, it's only happy thoughts. We're going to go Bob Ross. We're going to paint some happy trees. We're gonna have, it's all good things. You, you don't care about the $1.2 million fines against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders? No, because it's Friday, and you know what? I'll yell about that next week. You took a, took a six-round draft pick away from them? Mike Mayock would probably have just traded it for with some guy. They took in the third round last year, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's probably true as well. I was also, I thought this was a funny story. I do, I do, I do just want to get your thoughts on this real quick. Um, uh, there was a story in the Atlanta Journal-Constitutional this morning about Josh Pastner, the head coach at Georgia Tech. He has apparently been Mr. COVID-19 protocol chief and, and to, to the point where his players are saying that he's being a pain uh, because he's sticking so close to the protocols. But in an interview with the AJC, he said that he is going to start conducting non-contact practices for the rest of the season. For the entire season, there will be no five-on-fives. There will be no contact during practice. Uh, and, and you would like my opinion on this from, from what angle? Uh, good idea or bad idea? Uh, well, as a former basketball coach, I'll tell you that's dumb. And as an ACC basketball fan, I will tell you that Georgia Tech's been playing non-contact basketball for the four years he's been there. So oh. it doesn't particularly matter that, does it? <laughs> Okay, good point. Yeah, when you're 65 and 67, you should probably not come up with ways to reinvent the wheel. Oh, is that his record? Yeah, he's 65 and 67 at Georgia Tech. Wow. I'm going to level with you. I don't know how he hasn't been fired there. I, I can't really wrap my brain around it. 
He's an interesting guy. The best they're going to get. Well, I mean, and that's fine. It's just, I mean, you're not going to get a lot of, as a basketball coach, I'll tell you right now, it's not going to work because your games are not going to be non-contact. And if your guys aren't getting a good lather on in practice, you're going to be really soft in games. Right. That's the way this works. It's the way it's worked for what a hundred years of basketball? Mm-hmm. That's that's how this goes. There's a lot. There's a lot of skepticism about this plan coming from the uh, riders at the AJC. Uh, yeah, um, there should be. <laughs> well, I mean, because how does it? How's a loose ball rebound work there? I mean, do you have to call dibs? That's mine. I got it. You Shotgun. Just, you stay over there. I got it. I don't know how. I don't know how you plan to do it, but uh, yeah, apparently. Uh, all the players with Georgia Tech are calling Josh Passner the COVID-19 security guard. Indeed. You know what Mike Krzyzewski felt when he read this story? We play them two times. <laughs> he thought, oh boy, this is going to be fun. that's two wins. <laughs> it's probably not a good idea. Probably not a good idea not to have uh, any contact between your players during practice. But- I mean, hey, you know what you do what you do. But right. if you think non-contact, I mean... You you had to know what the reaction to this was going to be when you said it. I mean, can you be that much worse, though? Uh, than they've been? Well, you know, they haven't made the tournament in a long time. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting to me because this is kind of a team that a lot of people have that theory on, this is make or break. If they don't make the tournament this year, Passner may be out of a job. Uh, I've, I said that last year. So this is a very... It's a very bold strategy, Cot. See how it works out for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is Winter's Day. Do, do you know what? How do you know the last time they made it to the NCAA tournament? No, fourteen, oh nine, ten. Ooh, and before that, they hadn't been since two thousand six. Yikes! Is Bobby Crane still catching them? They've made it three times since they lost in the national title game. That was. 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. No, that was Paul Hewitt, by the way. Paul Hewitt. Thank you. Paul Hewitt was the last coach to take them to the tournament. <laughs> and Brian Gregory was there for five years, and this is Josh Pasner's fifth year. Uh-huh. Yikes. It ain't looking too good, and uh, non-contact practices may not be the best uh, best route to go down, but uh, it's all about the health and safety of the players, according to Josh Pastner. Uh, yes, Christian McCaffrey will be playing this week, it looks like. Um, Matt Rule says that that is the plan, to have him activated off the injured reserve list. So, Carolina Panthers... They're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. I would love to spin this in a real rosy way for you, but there's not one. I don't see any path where the Carolina Panthers even make this a threatening game. Oh, I do. Do you? Uh-huh. This is actually one of the games that I that I, that I took the favorite that I was closest to taking the dog. You think they can score enough with Kansas City to make it interesting? I do. Because that defense is not going to stop Kansas City. No. I think they can score with them. I love the over in that game. I think they're going to score because Kansas City struggles with speed, mm-hmm. which is ironic because they have so much of it on offense. Yeah, not so much of it on defense. Well, they—I mean—they have good, they have pretty good speed on defense too, okay. especially in the back seven. Not so much the linebacking core. I should have said in the secondary because they have the slowest linebacking core I think that I've ever seen. But yeah, I mean, I think Carolina can score. I think it's going to be—I mean, I think that's one of the most entertaining games of the weekend. If I'm being really, really level with you, okay. 
It's it, to me, it's better than that Chargers Raiders game you've been trying to sell me on all week long. <laughs> okay, I don't have that much faith in them. I I, I think they're better than you do. The Panthers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't see it. What other big injury news have you seen out there? I mean, there's Kenny Galladay. I think that's obviously going to be a a, a big difference for them. Detroit playing without Kenny Galladay, I think is, you you know, this is a game that you could win, but you don't have him. Yeah. What? I don't know that they could win this game with him. I mean, it would obviously help. Against Minnesota? Yeah. I mean, it. they don't stop the run overly well. Mm-hmm. You just saw what Dalvin Cook did to Green Bay. You know, it's it just, it, it is what it is. Right. Uh, it, injuries, that there's not really any out there that matter to me. There is a story that does matter to me that I want to talk about. This was going to okay. be my just a bit outside story, but we ran along in the middle segment. Okay. Did you happen to see what Joe Namath said earlier today? <laughs> yes. It makes me just really angry. Can we stop with this? Trevor Lawrence is not saying no to the Jets. <laughs> oh, come on. Broadway Joe already said it. It's got to be true. Okay, let me ask you a question. Just since we want to seemingly do this this dumb, dumb talk as, as often as we possibly can. Yeah. Look at every team in the NFL that needs a quarterback. Okay. Really objectively look at every team in the NFL that needs a quarterback. Which situation is actually better than being the star quarterback in New York? Do you no, want to I mean, go to not. Do you want to go to New England where you have no receivers and you get to deal with Bill every day? No. I don't think you do. Do you want to go to Washington that doesn't even know what their team name is? Or, I mean, or how about the Giants, where you get to deal with I mean, Dave Gettleman and a special teams coach? I think that I think the football team is built more to win. I don't sooner. I don't. than the Jets. The Jets have a ton of money, ton, and there's nobody locked in. And Joe Douglas has already shown he can draft. Mm-hmm. And above all else, it's a huge market. I think the only competitor with them is the Giants. And with the Giants, Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to pick the next coach of the New York Jets. I mean, let's really call this what it is. Whoever he hires to be his agent, when they fire Adam Gase at the end of the year, mm-hmm. there's going to be back channel meetings where they go, "Who does Trevor want? Let's let's just <laughs> let's just cut all the nonsense. Who is it that Trevor wants? All right, and we'll go get him. I mean, but do you think he wants to be in Jacksonville down there no. where you're irrelevant? No, no, he doesn't want to be in Chicago. Nope. Which is, you think the Jets have a cursed quarterback history? Yeah, take a good look at the Bears. Mm-hmm. Or the Vikings. You, you want to be up there with all the... the, the and you want to deal with that? Really? <laughs> right. Considering all teams in the NFL. Um, no, there's not... I, I, I mean, it is it is an intriguing job, an, an intriguing position because it is in the number one media market. Um, That's the whole point. Yeah, you're always gonna be relevant for your whole career, no matter how bad the day. Look at it this way. But didn't how many you teams say, in the you NFL say that about Sam Darnold though? Sam Darnold's still relevant. How many teams in the NFL do we talk about more than the New York Jets? I'm talking about the media on the whole. Mm-hmm. 
How many teams do you talk about more than the Jets? I understand they're it's only because they're hilariously bad. It doesn't matter. They're still in New York. They're still always going to be a topic. Mm-hmm. You will talk more about the eight no or the zero and eight Jets than you would ever talk about the eight no Jacksonville Jaguars. Probably. That's not debatable. Don't say probably. It's not debatable. I've been a Jets fan for 25 years. Trust me, it's the truth. And mm-hmm. it's not even remotely debatable. If this team were 3-4, and four, nobody would be talking about them. Not true. It's not true at all. Okay. We somehow managed to make it. And I'm not saying it's because we're so popular. It's because we're in the biggest media market in the country. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more because they're a laughing stock that people are talking about them now. I mean, it hasn't been for the last 20 years. They still get headlines no matter what. No matter what, you still get headlines. And next year, based on early projections, they're going to have somewhere in the neighborhood of about $100 million to build this team, however Trevor Lawrence wants it. Mm-hmm. And you trust that front office to go get I trust what Joe he Douglas. Wants. Okay, I trust Joe Douglas immensely. And it's solely because I'm looking at what he's already done. And he got put into a stupidly bad situation. Mm-hmm. A, you got hired by the coach that you're getting ready to have to fire, which is which we all preposterously stupid. You came in in, a, in the offseason after a draft and after a free agency period where they allowed the former GM to spend $130 million mm-hmm. on predominantly guys that you didn't want. And then I look at you have a franchise left tackle. Yep. Makai Becton's one of the five best left tackles in the NFL right now. And if you don't believe me, look at Pro Football Focus. They agree with me. They actually have him higher than that. I think Denzel Mims is going to be a player. That was their second-round pick. Ashton Davis has been good as a safety. That's their third-round pick. Everything I've heard about James Morgan's been good. He's a developmental quarterback. Mm -hmm. That's your backup forever. Bryce Hall's been decent as a corner. He hasn't been able to get on the field much, but it, it is what it is. And, yeah, I look at Joe Douglas and go, this is one of the most highly regarded guys in the NFL. I can do that or I can go to the the Giants with Dave Gettleman. Which one do you think I'd rather do? Right. I mean, this is a big, tall, good-looking kid that wants to be in front of cameras. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you've noticed this, but this kid likes cameras a lot. Oh, yeah. The people that say he's a oh he's a Knoxville town Tennessee down Holmesy oh shucks kind of, no he's not no you might want him to be no he's not Georgia he's from Georgia is he from I thought yeah. he's from Tennessee Cartersville Georgia right outside of Atlanta are you sure about I'm that? I'm sure about that Cartersville Georgia well his Wikipedia says different <laughs> please argue with me. He's from. He was born in Knoxville, Tennessee. He was born in Knoxville, Tennessee. That's where he's from. You're from where you're born. <laughs> okay. It's fr- It's Friday. I have to keep telling myself. Yeah. That. You're trying to argue with me that you're not from where you're born. You're talking about where he went, where he played high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't. Re- this doesn't particularly matter to me. Okay. It's not where he grew up. He transferred there because they had a better football program. Okay. <sighs> what? Is Rashad McCants from Asheville or D- Delaware or whatever it was? He <laughs> okay. And or Rhode Island. Or and lawyered. Lawyered. There's my second win of the weekend. Third. <laughs> Colorado State, Green Bay Packers, and lawyered. Nice. 
I like winning arguments like that. <laughs> I missed my colleague. I could have been a great attorney. I would be sanctioned a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You'd be thrown out of a lot of courtrooms. I would be arrested many times for contempt of court. Uh-huh. Yes, you would. Because I like being right more than I like being not in jail. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I, there, your, your, play, your point about Trevor Lawrence is he's not saying no to New no, York. But I mean, think about when and and Joe Namath's argument was, look what Eli Manning did. Okay, think about why he did that. Why did Eli Manning say he didn't want to play for the San Diego Chargers? Mm-hmm. It wasn't because they were bad. The Giants were bad. It's because they're irrelevant. The San Diego Chargers were an irrelevant franchise. They had the greatest, arguably, the greatest running back that ever lived, and they had a quarterback that wound up winning a Super Bowl. And did anybody care? Did you see anybody wearing San Diego Charger jerseys? No. No, because they're irrelevant. And that's how people feel about the Jacksonville Jaguars and a lot of these other teams that need a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Next week, we're going to play a fun game. Okay. I wanted to play it today, but we don't have time. And we haven't set up the sound effects and all those good things. It's going to be the wheel of quarterback destiny. Okay. Because I've heard about 48 different ideas of who could be the San Francisco 49ers quarterback next year. And I can literally read just information I've gathered. There's going to be a ton of quarterback movement this offseason. A ton. And so I want to play a fun little game one day next week. Strikes me as a Tuesday-Wednesday kind of game. Okay. So who's going to end up where? And why? And why? I'm more interested in the why. You know, anybody can just blindly throw darts at a board and go, oh, well, this would work. Right. But I think you're going to see more coaches in the NFL get fired than you think. Because here's the thing. Everybody's talked about this in the NBA and college sports and all that. Well, money. What about the money? You know where you're not worried about that? In the NFL. Mm-hmm. They're not worried about it. They put a freeze on the salary cap for a year. It's going to stay right where it is, and then it's going to continue to climb a year from now. Because this has not hurt them in nearly the same way it's hurt every other sport. Hmm. Yeah. But for me, I'm looking at the standings in every uh, in, in the NFL going, you know what, there's about 10 teams that are just dumpster fires right now. Both New York teams. Jacksonville's going to have an opening. Houston's already got an opening. Atlanta's already got an opening. Dallas will. I'm still kind of of the belief that Bill Belichick is going to retire and hand the reins to Josh McDaniels. Right. They got a whole lot of turnover. L.A. Chargers, that's a job that could be open. Detroit Lions, that's a job Mm -hmm. that could be open. Denver Mm -hmm. Broncos, that's a job that could be open. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, you're going to have a ton of turnover. So we're going to play. The game that I have in mind is a little bit of a, um, let's call it a, a match game almost. New quarterbacks and new coaches. Okay. All right, I can get down with that, so be looking forward to that. Coming up uh, next week, we got college football tomorrow, NFL on Sunday. Don't forget to come on down to the social in East Asheville. We hang out there every Sunday from 1, uh, well, for the 1 and 4 o'clock games. Depends on usually when we leave. Uh, Tampa Bay's playing in the 4 o'clock slate. I'll usually stay through the whole thing. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, Sunday afternoons, you can find us on Tunnel Road at the social best wings in town. they got food and drink specials as well, plus uh, all the games on the televisions with the NFL Sunday ticket. You're in the sports tank. What are you people? On dope? 
All right, Tank Spitzer and Jeremy Green with you on ESPN Asheville. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green can be heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Take us with you everywhere you go, live or on demand. We've got uh, a bunch of highlight games in college football this weekend, including those uh, big games of Clemson, Notre Dame, Georgia, Florida, Michigan, Indiana, BYU, Boise State tonight. is another top 25 matchup. You got Miami and NC State tonight? Miami and NC State? At 7.30 tonight. Okay. All right. This is a, this is a full night of football. Woo! It's a whole weekend chock full of football. The Wolf, I'd be more interested in that Wolfpack game if they had a quarterback, but they don't. Uh, they do not. <laughs> and Miami is going to beat them. Because old uh, Bailey Hockman... Isn't that his name? Yeah, he was a that's a that's a Florida State transfer. Right. I could have I, I could have saved you the time, money, and effort on that one. Right. Old Bailey Hockman just doesn't get the job done uh for the Wolfpack, quite like Devin Leary did, but you know what? It, it, it is a night that I'll be a small portion of me. I mean it's a very, very tiny portion of me that will be rooting for the Wolfpack. To beat Miami. Because I hate Miami. I just it's all the Florida schools. Yeah. I can't I mean, stand them. Look who you're talking to. There's, I can't root for Miami. It's not in my being. To well, yeah, you're a Florida State fan. Can't do it. Yeah. I mean, they're going to win. They're going to win by a lot. But I mean, I'd have to be happy about it. Yeah. Uh, there is there is a very small portion of me that goes to that. Uh, when, when we have one of these newer ACC teams facing one of the uh, Heritage ACC teams, I'm going to go with the Heritage side uh, more than more than anything. But yeah, you got uh, you got a couple of games tonight in college football, and then tomorrow you get to see. I'm still stuck on Kansas State and Oklahoma State. I feel like that is going to be a closer game. Just throwing that out there. All right, end of the hour. Another green on green on the way. Um, favorite storyline in the college games, other than. Obviously, the ones we've already covered. Uh, other than your team getting throttled by Florida? Um, that's not going to happen, but okay. 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 Arizona-Utah just yeah, got you called said, off, by the way. Yeah, you said that wasn't going to happen uh, to you uh, against Alabama, too. I said oh, it was going to be a close game. It was it? It was for a half. How many halves do they play football? They play two. Yeah, was it? Close in that second half? No, it was that second half that was the problem. Yes, it was. The- and that's where that final score comes from? Did you say they've called off another Pac-12 game? Yeah, they have. Arizona and Utah has now been canceled. Second Pac-12 opener to be canceled as uh, Cal and Washington. Was that the other one? Yeah. Yeah. So, things have not started out well. The pac is a joke. I mean, it's a joke. Let's, let's just be really... And the Big Ten's right behind it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're playing a six-game season. Like, come on. I'll be honest with you. I wish the Pac-12 had just sat this season out. Mm-hmm. If you're, do you understand that they canceled Cal Washington because one player tested positive? If you're that far behind the, do you understand how many players were potentially positive and contact traced in an NFL game that happened last night? Are, are you telling me the Pac-12 is that far behind the NFL in terms of their technology and how they're getting this done, then you should have just sat at home and not done anything. No, I think their feelings are what's... uh, It makes them feel safer if they will cancel the game due to one positive test. 
according to the sources reporting on this Utah-Arizona game, multiple Utes players have tested positive for COVID-19, leaving the team without enough available scholarship players due to isolation and quarantine protocols for contact tracing. Well, the Pac-12 is irrelevant. And and this weekend, it, it, you had six games. You've canceled two of them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you've just basically confirmed everything that I said when I was railing on you three months ago. Right. You've done nothing but basically confirm it in the last 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, yeah. I it's think just I'm mind-boggling looking... to me. Look, I mean, look at the SEC. Yeah. The, the SEC's managed to do this pretty well. How many mm-hmm. games have they canceled? A couple. It's one, to the best of my knowledge. It was a Vanderbilt game. Wasn't it Vanderbilt? And oh, you mean outright canceled? Yeah. I mean, they postponed a couple of games. Well, that's fine. They're still going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you know what? This basically just the net net of this is it's who cares more. And, and you know what? That's, that's abrasive. That's abrasive, and people may not like me saying it, but that, I mean, it is what it is. The SEC cares more. The SEC is willing to put more money into this. Mm-hmm. The, the SEC figured out a solution. The Pac-12 sat on its hands. The Big Ten sat on its hands. And this is the reason that when the playoff comes around, you're both going to be sitting out in the cold with no team in it. I said it, and I meant it. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right, a bit of uh, local news for you. Uh, well, it's in, in it's in the region. Uh, down in uh, Catawba County, Sheriff's Office is looking for a suspect. An arson suspect caught themselves on fire after breaking into an RV resort in Sheryl's Ford. Investigators with the Catawba County Sheriff's Office are asking for the public's help in identifying the suspect who set the office of the Lake Norman RV resort on fire after breaking into the business. Firefighters were called to the business around 1 a.m. on November the 1st due to the blaze. The suspect was dressed in black pants, a black hoodie, and a hood pulled over his head with a white face mask. The suspect was carrying a pry bar and a red gas can. Surveillance video shows the suspect breaking into the office and then dousing the office with an accelerant. The video shows an explosion as soon as the suspect ignited the accelerant. Then, moments later, the suspect was seen running from the business with flames engulfing their feet and a bag of money they reportedly took from inside the business. Detectives believe that the suspect suffered burns during this incident. Anyone with information is asked to call Crime Stoppers. <laughs> Good job, bro. Good I, Lord. I may have discovered the only bird in this world that I would be okay with. Ooh. An Australian man is crediting his pet parrot with saving his life after the bird shouted out his name and alerted him to a house fire. Anton Wynn of Brisbane, Queensland, Australia, said he was asleep early Tuesday when he heard a noise followed by his parrot, Eric, calling out his name. First of all, that's a stupid name for a bird. Second of all, I don't like birds. I heard a bang and Eric, my parrot, he started to yell, so I woke up and I smelled a bit of smoke. Wynn said the early warning from Eric allowed him to collect the pet and exit the house before the smoke detectors went off. Mm-hmm. I grabbed Eric, opened the door, looked at the back of the house, and saw some flames. And so I grabbed my bag and took off and bolted downstairs. Firefighters said they were able to contain the blaze to only Wynn's home, but the house was fully engulfed in flames. The cause of the fire is under investigation. That is the only bird in the world that I would ever allow into my house. If yeah. it will warn me that the house is on fire, 
That is one of the few good birds. Okay. Upwards of 14 people a year are killed in bird, bird attacks. Upwards of 14 people. <laughs> oh, man. You and birds, they kill me. Look, I'm, oh, I got to post this. I, I'm sorry. I got I, I to gotta, I gotta post the link to this story because there is a surveillance video of this guy, by the way, running across the parking lot with his feet on fire. I love stupid criminal stories. He needed a bird. He I, needed a bird. He, yeah, he needed a bird. <laughs> he should have had a bird with him. Bah. Don't like that. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be a fun weekend of football. Just since you know, since you were making fun of my bird story. Oh, yeah. Uh, I found a graphic that there is somebody other than me that believes squirrels are a threat to the rest of us. Really? Yep. And who is this? Yes, I did. Uh, let's see. This is from uh, Squirrel Census. That's apparently a thing. No. It 100% is. It 100% is. The Squirrel Census. Yep. I'm posting it on my Twitter right now. And the gist of this map is how many squirrels you will have to fight off when they overthrow us all. Based upon where you live. No way. 100%. Tweeting it right now. At Jay Green ESPN. I'm not the only one. Okay. And I got news for you. If uh, if you live in the greater, that like western Rocky Mountain area, mm-hmm. you have a lot of squirrels to fend off. I never really realized that. Did you realize that we actually live in one of the smallest per capita areas of squirrels in this entire country? No way. I feel I like, didn't know that. I feel like those uh, those little rats are everywhere. Yeah, Nevada and uh, let's say it'd be New Mexico, and then the Dakotas and all those things. Now, I will say it may not be that they have more squirrels; they just have less people. I can't believe this is such a thing. Oh, it's really a thing. I just shared it on my Twitter at JGreenESPN. You've done the squirrel census. Yeah, I found that last night, and I went, oh, there's more of us. <laughs> I'm not the only one. It seems so ridiculous. I can't believe that you guys are scared of squirrels. We are. They're and adorable. You know They're not adorable. They're, they are silent killers. Mm-hmm. They are more vicious than sharks. I've, what? They are more vicious than Stop sharks. That. You are more likely to be attacked by a squirrel than by a shark. I have absolutely no source for that. I was going to say that's but not true. But guess what? You cannot prove me wrong. That is not true. I would wager more people a year are attacked by squirrels than sharks. 100%. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I really don't. Uh, squirrels are very skittish creatures, they're not aggressive. If you come across an aggressive squirrel, uh, kill it. That's my public service announcement because that thing's got rabies. It's the only uh, way. The New York Times actually has a story. Each year there are about 70 reports of squirrel bites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but you just number. put a Band-Aid on it and go on about your business. So you have rabies and die. Oh, gosh. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The Atlantic did a story called When Squirrels Attack, a cautionary tale. I'm really glad I went down this rabbit hole. No, no, nobody's glad you went down this rabbit hole. Oh, my gosh. Coming up tomorrow right here on ESPN Asheville, we will have the coverage of North Carolina and Duke. It is the uh, the annual football showdown for the Victory Bell. Uh, pre-game will start right here at 11 o'clock. 
kickoff set for noon. Tar Heels and the Blue Devils. I like for the Tar Heels to get back on the right track in this one. I do, too. I do, too. I just want to yell at the Pac-12 and the Big Ten more. But why? I mean, it's like it's like mugging a dead guy at this point. They're irrelevant. All except they for don't Ohio think State. They are. But see, they don't think they are because they have three teams in the top 25. What they don't realize is one of them is invariably, no matter what, one of them is taking a loss this week because two of them play each other. Mm-hmm. And I think it's most likely going to be a team that took a loss last week and then the temperature is going to get really hot in a city in Michigan. Might be a game in my... You think uh, you think Michigan loses this week? Nice. Okay. You got Oregon-Stanford. That's the only decent game in the Pac-12. The funny thing is he has no idea what games I pick because I, I never tell him. I don't. USC and Arizona State. Uh, that's a noon kickoff tomorrow, by the way. they're doing Which means it's 9 o'clock yeah. regional time, which is why I didn't pick it. Yeah, 9 a.m. start time in California. That's going to be an interesting thing to I watch. I can't wait to see the number on that game because I think it's going to be insanely low. Well, here's the thing. Why would you why would you seek that game out? Here are the games. So we'll just look at the twelve o'clock window. You've got Michigan and Indiana, which I think is the game that has the most wide appeal. I just got sent this is breaking news. Don't hit the button. It's not worthy of that. Okay. This is funny, not Okay. Uh I was just sent gray squirrel gray squirrels don't carry rabies. Really? I'm gonna disagree. Well, how can you disagree if you don't know that to be true? Because they're just hoarding it and waiting to overthrow all of us. <laughs> now, that's the white squirrels. The white squirrels. I don't even want to talk about those things. Those things freak me out. To the, Do you think a regular squirrel worries me? Huh. And chipmunks? Shoot, buddy. Oh I don't even gosh. want to talk about chipmunks. Look, look at the 12 o'clock slate tomorrow. You got uh, Michigan and Indiana. Um, and then you got West Virginia, Texas, which will have a lot of eyeballs on it. Here locally, obviously, Carolina and Duke will be at in, in the noon slate. Uh, Nebraska Northwestern, I would consider that even to be a better game than USC and Arizona State. Yeah, I mean, this is a stupid idea. I mean, at the end of the day, the net net of this, this is a stupid idea. Because the Pac-12 honestly thinks that the reason that nobody cares about their football is because it happens at 1030 at night on the East Coast. No, we don't care because you don't care. And you've proven that you don't care. And frankly, putting a game on at 9 a.m. regional time, mm-hmm. that really just kind of confirms it. I'd be more interested, actually, in uh, in just skipping the 12 o'clock slate and uh, watching Marshall just beat the crap out of UMass. By the way, in that 12 o'clock slate, did you happen to say West Virginia, Texas? I did. Wait, wow. Uh, you just broke the bell on that one. I think my bell's been... Uh, I've used my bell one too many times. <laughs> yeah, Mountaineers and Longhorns. I think that's going to be uh, a fun game to watch. But no, putting USC Arizona State on in the noon slate doesn't get more eyes on Pac-12 football. It's just one more thing to It's really to just forget. one more thing for me to make fun of you for. I mean, that, that's it. 
If you want to get eyeballs on your product, put it on at 3.30 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. But instead of doing that, what the Pac-12 did is they put an actual elite program, one of their very few elite programs, they put them on at 9 a.m. regional time, which is going to hurt your number out there. Mm -hmm. It's not going to help you all that much out here. And you had to cancel your 3.30 game. So the one prime window you had, you had to cancel that game. Yep. Because you're the Pac-10. 12. 46, whatever. whatever. I, I don't care. Just eat up the Mountain West and call it the Pac-26. I don't care. I mean, this can't continue, right? It's, uh, USC being irrelevant, as they have been for how long now? Four years? At it's least been that? a while. They can't continue to be this irrelevant. Uh, they can. As long as they can tr- continue to employ Clay Helton as their head football coach, they can be irrelevant for quite some time. That's kind of my point is that at some point USC has to look at this and go, we're no longer a national t- uh, power. No. And Clay Helton is a big reason for that. Because they still do pretty well on the recruiting trail, don't they? They still get those five-star, four-star guys from mm-hmm. the West Coast or chomping at the bit to go to USC. But they haven't been able to put anything together, any you know, any modicum of success in five years at least. Mm-hmm. They've got to make some kind of a change. I feel like that's a program on the brink. Well, here's the thing. They fired Lane Kiffin for going 10-4 and four and 10-2. and two. And now you got Clay Helton, who's not recruiting at the same level that Lane Kiffin did. And you're, I mean, you're, now, you're, and now you're falling into that really bad spot of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, you were outside of the Pete Carroll years since, oh, I don't know, the 70s. That's what a lot of people don't seem to remember. USC was completely irrelevant on the national landscape until Pete Carroll showed up. Mm-hmm. There was a lot more Paul Hackett's and Larry Smith's than there were John Robinson's. Just let that be known. Yes. And John McKay's. And now this is what happens when you hire the the loyal assistant. Oh, everybody loves Clay Hilton. Uh, yeah, because he's a ham sandwich. Uh, I mean, yeah, he'll he'll get pl- he'll get players in uniforms on the field, mm-hmm. but when he goes up against somebody like Mario Cristobal or David Shaw or anybody like that, he's going to get coach circles around. Kyle Whittingham's a better coach than he is at Utah. I mean, think about what I just said. Utah has a better coach than USC does. Yep, and they're gonna for a while because they just signed him to a contract. Extension. I like Kyle Whitting- Whittingham a mm-hmm. lot. And he just got a, was it a five-year contract extension? He did through 2028 or something like that. Uh Uh-huh. So I don't know. I just, and he's, and 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 he's had them more relevant than Clay Helton has had USC. I mean, they were in the discussion last year. Yes. I mean, to me, there's one premier program in all of Pac-12 and it's Oregon. Mm -hmm. That's it. I mean, this is an irrelevant football conference. I feel the same way about the Pac-12 that I do about the Big Ten. Basketball is not much different. Basketball is not any different. <laughs> it's not any different. You get Oregon and Oregon and UCLA. And... <laughs> I mean, UCLA's a fringe. They're a fringe yeah. team every year. They've yeah. been better than you think they have. Really? I've been down this road. I mean, they've been what? Bottom of the top twenty-five. Yeah, I mean that's. I'm not. I'm not saying they're a national power. I'm just right. saying they're 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 more relevant in basketball than they're in football. But they think they're better. But I mean that's the thing is that 
you know, and, and I've gotten a lot of flack for saying that, oh, BYU is going to make the playoff or Cincinnati is going to make the playoff. It, where's the competition? Mm-hmm. These teams are going to win conferences. These teams are going to win conference title games. BYU's not because they're an independent. But, mm-hmm. but we never held that against Notre Dame. No, but they're Notre Dame. And, See, the name holds more weight. Mm. And they played better teams. I actually think the Notre Dame name works against them more than it helps them. Because they've gone on the main stage and gotten blistered so many times. Notre Dame doesn't make the playoff ever again unless there's no doubt that they should be making it. And or they make this ACC deal a permanent thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, because look at their schedule this year compared to what it would usually be. You know, usually there would be a lot of Boston College and you know even USC, mm-hmm. a team that's what playing a six game schedule this year. Mm-hmm. USC, Michigan. This way they get. Clemson and they get North Carolina and they get Miami. I don't think they'll ever do it. I don't think they'll ever commit to going full on. I think there's a handshake deal that they've already done it. Really? What did the ACC get out of this? The ACC got revenue. Uh, from what? From the TV. No. Yeah, they spl- they signed this deal for uh-huh. Notre Dame to Have share you- that TV mm-hmm. revenue. Have you really looked at that deal? No. It's not great. It's a very fractional piece of their TV deal. Oh, okay. It's not. I mean, somebody told me at one point it was a 50-50 split. No, it is not. <laughs> no. I think they get like 5% of that TV deal, mm, which okay. is still a decent chunk of change. Don't get me wrong. It's right. better than nothing. But this was a very, I mean, this saved Notre Dame having a season. Mm-hmm. Because Notre Dame didn't have the same benefit that BYU did, that they could just travel around the country and play anybody. BYU, or Notre Dame was between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. And I think John Swafford's last act as ACC commissioner was to hem Jack Swarbrick up and say, oh, you're, a, you're a borderline ACC team now, because I think this will carry. They've been one for a few years. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they played four games. Mm-hmm. Now it's eight. And I think it will continue to be eight moving forward. Okay. And they'll add Michigan and USC and, you know, their, their other, you know, Indiana? Do they play Indiana? Mm, they have, but that's not one of the ones. I'm t- Army, mm-hmm. they're bellwether games. The ones that the, the big rivalry games. They will keep those, and I think they'll play eight ACC games. I can't tell you that they're going to continue to compete for the ACC title. Navy, Navy, Navy. Yeah, not Army. Well, they play Army too. Well, I'm sure they did, but I, I think Navy is the, standing, the bigger one. Yeah, yeah, it's the standing yeah. rivalry. Yeah, so, I mean that's how I think that's going to go. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that from more than one person that knows way more about ACC things than I do. Okay, fair enough. ESPN Asheville, Jeremy's got winners. He'll share them up next. Green on green, another six-pack and a shot. Coffee's the closers on. Get them the money. That way you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. That way you get the power, then you get the money. Welcome back into the Sports Sync, ESPN Asheville, 92.9, 880 and 1400. It's time for the second Green on Green. And if you've listened to this show for even the last few weeks, you know what that means. The second Green on Green is full of... Underdog, 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 speed of lightning, roar of thunder. My theme song, The Underdogs. I got seven of them, including a Moneyline special. My first one, the Arkansas Razorbacks are a two-point dog to Tennessee. Tennessee is sewer water, and if you didn't know that, (laughs) then all you have to do is watch them. Arkansas is playing spirited football. Sam Pittman and Felipe Franks have this team playing 
fantastically. They're covering spreads. They've won games they're not supposed to. And guess what? Against Ole Miss a couple weeks ago, they forced seven turnovers. You know what Jared Guarantano really likes to do? Turn Turn the ball over. Give me Arkansas plus two. Next one, Nebraska's a a three-and-a-half-point dog to Northwestern. I just said that out loud. Nebraska hung with Ohio State for three quarters. I understand the final score didn't look good. But Northwestern's getting a recency bias because they just beat Iowa and they destroyed a terrible Maryland team. I got news for you. Adrian Martinez is the best quarterback they've played all year, and it's not even vaguely close. I'm taking Nebraska plus the three and a half. I think they win outright. My favorite pick of the week, West Virginia is a six and a half point dog to Texas. Did you know West Virginia is the fourth best defense in total defense in the nation? Did not know that. Do you know what Sam Ellinger really likes to do? Turn the ball Turn over. Turn the ball over. <laughs> Letty Brown is going to lead the West Virginia Mountaineers. I think they win outright. Give me West Virginia plus six and a half. A game you teased earlier, the Kansas State Wildcats are a 12-point dog to Oklahoma State. I have told you regularly, I do not think Oklahoma State's that good. They're not 12 points better than Kansas State. Mm -mm. I understand they've had quarterback issues at Kansas State, and it's been up and down play. This is a sandwich game for Oklahoma State. They lost to Texas last week. They play Oklahoma next. There's a week off in between. This has let down written all over it. I think Oklahoma State's going to win this game, but give me Kansas State plus the 12. Louisville's a three-point dog to Virginia. That's the dumbest thing you're going to hear all day because Virginia is sewer water. Louisville is a sneaky good offensive team. The public remains remembers that 12-7 game against Notre Dame. Louisville's not a national brand. So what odds makers do is they remember what they've seen. They watch the Notre Dame game. They haven't watched everything else. Malik Cunningham's a borderline elite quarterback, and he's going to make Virginia look bad. Virginia's bottom 10 in the country against the pass. That's all you need to know. Need to know. Cardinal plus three over Virginia. Indiana's a three-point dog to Michigan. Indiana's the 13th-ranked team in the nation. Michael Penix Jr. is easily the second-best quarterback in the pack, or in the Big Ten. Excuse me. Michigan is in turmoil, and I'm starting to wonder if the message from Harbaugh is starting to get a little stale. We're going to find out this week. Either this pick's right, and I'm right, and Harbaugh's out at the end of the season, or Harbaugh can find a way to rally the troops and win this game. I believe it's the former. I'm taking Indiana plus the three. My final pick, and this is my favorite money line pick of the week, Stanford's an eight-point dog to Oregon. Oregon doesn't even know who's playing quarterback for them this week. <laughs> Stanford's got their literally is playing David Mills at quarterback, who last year set the Stanford record for most passing yards in a game. Mm-hmm. Better than luck, better than Elway. Give me the Cardinal plus the eight. They went outright. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for it. I have a feeling we're going to get close to seeing you have a heart attack on the Maybe. air. Maybe. Jeez. I go home up. every week on Friday and I sound like I've been screaming at people. <laughs> you sound like Doc Rivers. Don't play Blake. <laughs> don't play Blake. Oh, my gosh. ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. It's been a fun, wild, weird week. We know things have been going on around the country, and we're glad that we can be a part of your distraction from all of the weird and the crazy and the tension that's going on in the world. That's what this weekend of football is going to say to me. I don't care. I'm looking for every positive thing I can in every game because – 
the rest of it I just don't want. Here's, I don't want to do it. Here's the thing. Life's not that hard. Be nice to people, tip your wait staff, return your grocery cart, and don't do meth. Be nice to people. It's not that hard. <laughs> Take all the picks I've given you this week. It's free money. Follow me on Twitter, at SBN. I will be giving out live picks tomorrow before kickoff. I'll be giving out monkeyknifefight.com picks on Sunday. Use our promo code TANK, T-A-N-K. Don't forget, also, come on down to the social on Sunday in East Asheville. Best wings in town. Food and drink specials will be there watching all of the games. And check us out at the Sportsocracy on Facebook and YouTube Live. We'll be live Sunday morning with the Betting Show. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here Monday at 3.